You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another spring edition of the Bucknuts Happy Hour. We're going to talk some Buckeye football, a little Buckeye basketball today, because there was some news, uh, relevant news with with the basketball Buckeyes here. So uh, yeah, we want to get into it. I've got uh, my brew here for the happy hour. It's a Michelob Ultra Pure Gold which I don't usually drink unless I'm on the road with Steve Hellwagon, who loves Mick Ultras. Um, but I've been out of town. I was out of town last weekend. I'm going out of town again this weekend. So I don't have a lot of beer options in the fridge. So we're going with Mick Ultra today for the happy hour. Cheers. I am uh, I'm rolling alone today. Other guys are busy with stuff. So... You're just going to have to deal with me. I'm Patrick Murphy from Bucknuts and 247 Sports. Thank you all for joining me, whether you're watching this live, whether you're tuning in after the fact on podcasts or YouTube. Please like, subscribe, all that good stuff. It helps us out a lot. So this week at Ohio State, we got to talk to the running backs and the tight ends. So I want to dive into both of those positions here and you know, kind of project what we think it's going to look like for the spring or for the fall. I'm sorry, because this spring, I feel like we haven't done a lot of conversation about those two positions. We've talked a lot about the quarterbacks. We've talked about the depth at receivers. I've written about both topics quite a bit. Um, obviously, you know, you know the names of those, but the running back position, the tight end position. Oh, we've talked about offensive line, obviously, with with the three spots open there. But the running back and tight end position, I think, have kind of just fallen by the wayside because 
there's a lot of returning talent. And I think people just kind of expect that it will roll into next season. Uh, the running back position for me is really interesting. And we only talked to Tony Alford, running backs coach, Travion Henderson, which I just wrote about up on Bucknuts. If you want to read about, about him, I'll get into some of that. And Dallin Hayden of the, the running back group. But there's also Mayan Williams. There's also Evan Pryor uh, in that mix that we assume will be be ready for the fall. It's a group that this spring hasn't had uh, a lot of reps entirely because a lot of guys have been out injured. Travion Henderson had surgery right before the college football playoff semifinal on his foot. Again, that's something I wrote about at length today and, and his process to recovery, and I'll touch on some of that. Mayan Williams has been sort of in and out. We, we saw him do some stuff. A few weeks ago, and then uh, last weekend, he was he was out with a minor injury. When we were there before the interviews, he wasn't in pads, uh, was was just kind of on the sideline. We walked in towards the end of the practice. Guys were kind of stretching and whatnot before we did interviews. And then uh, Evan Pryor remains out after tearing his ACL last preseason. So you only really, of the scholarship guys, and even T.C. Caffey out right now with an injury, of the scholarship guys, it's really just been Dallin Hayden and Chip Trainum. And let's remember, Chip Trainum, we'll just start with him, came over from the linebacker group. Now, this is a guy who had played running back before. You all know the story probably by now. Played at Arizona State, was recruited by Ohio State, actually, but they wanted him to play on defense. He wanted to, to continue to give it a shot at running back, went out to Arizona State, played two years there, and then transferred back to Ohio State prior to last season in order to play linebacker. Felt that that was a position where he was going to excel probably at the next level. And then as the season played out, Chip Trainum, because of injuries to, to other guys, ends up back on the offensive side of the ball. He was working at running back before he actually got in at running back and didn't really have a big impact on the Ohio State running back room statistically. Only 15 carries for 92 yards. Most of that came late in the year. Uh, but an interesting guy, I think. And, and I was disappointed we didn't get a chance to talk to him because I think he's really good in those interview settings uh, this week. But he's a guy who I think could could give something different. Um, he's, a, he's kind of a, a hybrid guy when you think of the, the two kind of running backs, you think of power guy, like sort of a Mayan Williams, and then guy with speed, kind of like a Travion Henderson, but, um, you know, a, a guy who, who can accelerate quickly. Chip Trainum can do a little bit of both. You know, obviously he put on some weight to be a linebacker. He's, he's fine with taking contact, but that boy can fly. And we saw him score a touchdown last week uh, during the student appreciation day practice, a long touchdown run. I don't think fans really got to see what he was capable of really on either side of the ball. Uh, but I will be very interested to see with all of these guys, Frank, I'll probably say that a lot, what it looks like in terms of his role next year and how his skills fit into these kind of five scholarship running backs that we expect the Buckeyes to use. Let's have a cheers break here. Um, so I think that, that, is an interesting storyline of itself. It would have been nice to talk to Chip to get kind of a feel from him about where he feels like he fits in. But guy we did talk to, who again has been kind of sharing the reps with him throughout him being trained him without throughout spring practice is Dallin Hayden. And fans got pretty well acquainted with Dallin Hayden at the end of last season. He finished the year with 111 carries, 553 yards and five touchdowns. Second most carries on the team, and then third for rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. This was a guy who coming in, I don't think most people, including probably the coaching staff at the start of the year, expected to handle nearly that much of the workload. Look, he came into last season with, with Mayan and Trey, and you know, right before the season, Evan Pryor, before he gets hurt, those were expected to be your three guys. And then you had a fourth guy in Dallin Hayden who – I think a lot of people expected, okay, maybe he'll get in three or four games late. Maybe he red shirts. He's got to work his way into to a role. He was a guy that I think people projected for down the road a little bit. But I liked what I saw from Dallin Hayden. I think a lot of people liked what they saw from Dallin Hayden. I've said it before. I said it a lot during the season. I was confused at times why the offensive staff was hesitant to really get him into some of these games when 
um, you know, especially when the injuries started to pile up and, you know, you, you were watching an injured Mayan Williams or an injured uh, Travion Henderson try and carry the load in some of those games when, look, Down Hayden, Down Hayden's doing well. Um, you know, he played in some of the earlier games, had a had decent amount, but really it wasn't until Indiana, 33 snaps against Indiana. Maryland was where he had 43 snaps, didn't play a ton against Michigan, and then 33 snaps against Georgia. So you, you got that kind of sample size of him. And look, I think year one of Dallin Hayden is, is not going to be exactly what you're going to get the rest of this kid's career. He told us he's put on weight, good weight. Um, he's playing, you know, he's right now close to where he hopes to be for the season at 205. He thinks that will will help him in terms of handling the, the physical load that playing in the Big Ten requires. That's a guy who I think, you know, coming out of high school, just you know, some guys come in ready to go, right? And and I think Dallin Hayden showed he was ready enough to go, but like physically, this is was an important offseason. So it was good to hear that he has taken that, um, you know, taken that workload and adjusted in terms of the 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 way he is carrying himself physically um you know i think he he has a different attitude after a year not even a year he came in in the summer of last 2022 um so not even a year in the building but but he's carrying himself differently i think there's a different level of confidence with a guy like dallin hayden now that he has a good amount of experience played in what was it here i think eight games if my math is correct, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh, 10 games, sorry, 10 games last year. So got plenty of experience, played in some big games, as I mentioned, played in that Peach Bowl game against Georgia. So that's a guy that I'm, again, excited about because of what we saw from him last year. But what does that role look like if, you know, let's say Travion Henderson's healthy, Mayan Williams is healthy, Evan Pryor, we, we really haven't seen Evan Pryor. What where is the role for a guy like Dallin Hayden, um, who I think is a very talented back, but just may get caught up in, in the wash a little bit here if he, uh, you know, if, if everyone's healthy, that is. So those are the two that have done a lot this spring. Um, I thought at the Student Appreciation Day, I'm sure you've, you've read about it, Dallin Hayden, and I wrote a little bit about those two, him and Chip Trainum, uh last week. I thought Dallin Hayden looked impressive, had some good, good runs, and you know, nothing that, that blew you away, but made some good moves, picked the right holes, hit the holes. Uh, I think he, you know, he is a back that could could really carry, you know, the, that could carry the load for this team if they need it. Now, the guys that haven't been in there as much, Mayan Williams, he was a guy who coming into last season, we heard a lot about, we heard that there was going to be a role for him. I doubted it. Uh, you can ask Dave Biddle and I had kind of a, a ongoing joke throughout the season based on uh, some of our preseason long shot bets. Um, I didn't expect mine Williams to have the, the workload that he did. He ended the season with 128 carries, which is the most on team. All of these are the most on team, 825 yards and 14 touchdowns. Now for the Buckeyes, especially the way that, that we've seen running backs, perform the last several years those numbers are good 14 touchdowns is certainly good not great though um now like really everybody in that room Mayan Williams was dealing with injuries throughout the season he missed two full games both the uh Michigan State game and the Maryland game only played five snaps against Georgia and five snaps against Penn State 15 snaps against Wisconsin so we didn't even get a full season of Mayan Williams. Um, I think if if he had been able to stay healthy, those numbers jump up a bit. Um, of course, some of the reason he had as big of a workload as he did was Travion Henderson also dealt with injuries last year. Um, that's the one that I'm really interested in because the reason I kind of doubted Mayan Williams didn't have anything to do with Mayan Williams' ability. I thought he was a talented player, but to me – Travion Henderson, you know, let's flash back to the, the 2021 recruiting class, the number one running back in the country. Then he doesn't play high school, his sen- high school football, his senior year. He's from Virginia and they didn't have it because of the COVID pandemic. You get Travion Henderson in as a freshman and he rushes for 1,200 yards and has 19 total touchdowns. 
that is he is one of the more special players. And that was sometimes not playing in second halves of games. If Travion Henderson could stay healthy, and this is what I said going to last year, I was convinced there's no reason to, to take carries away from him, to take him off the field. I thought he could do a little bit of everything. I thought that, you know, this is a guy, why not have him be your bell cow back as long as he can, can sustain it. Now, I'm not in the building every day. Tony Alford sees these guys, and he made the decision essentially to go with co-starters, Brian Williams and, and Travion Henderson. The first couple games, it worked out pretty well. Um, you look at the snaps between the two of them. Travion Henderson had 43 to Mayan Williams, 28 in the Notre Dame game, but 27 and 21 in favor of Mayan Williams against Arkansas State. And then Toledo, which is the game that uh, Travion Henderson ended up getting hurt, hurting his foot, 25 to 8. But when those two played somewhat equal amount of snaps, and it really only happened early on, I think you saw what Ohio State was trying to do with these two running backs. And I think it was working. Um, it's unfortunate that both of them dealt with injuries, especially Travion suffering that foot injury so early in the season. But I would have, I still think Travion's the most talented back on this team, but I think they found a nice mix there of balancing the two and, and kind of how they want to, to use them. Um, like I mentioned, I wrote about Travion earlier today. He is, uh, coming back from the this foot injury and we didn't really know much about it until really talking to Travion the other day he said um that it was a that it was the let me find the exact name here the sesamoids in his foot he fractured that in the third game he said when the x-ray they had the x-rays uh done it looked like i guess that's two bones in the foot because it had fractured it looked like there were three and um, from my brief research on, on what that is exactly, it's these two bones located in the ball of the foot right underneath the big toe joint. And it's really important when you, when you push off. And obviously being a running back, that is uh, important. It's really important for pretty much any football player, but a running back especially. Here's what Travion had to say. My bone had split, and that's like the bone that you need to actually push off. So basically I couldn't push off the whole last season. Every time I tried to push off, I was basically refracturing that bone. bone and then I tore some ligaments and tendons. So my foot was basically beat up. Yeah, I'd say so. Look, you could tell throughout last year that Travion wasn't right. That wasn't the guy who set records as a freshman at Ohio State. He finished the year with 107 carries, 571 yards, and six touchdowns. All of those numbers are half of, at least half of what he did as a freshman the year before. And I know from talking to Trey, Last offseason, headed into the season, he had pretty big goals uh, for himself, what he thought he was going to be able to do. There was talk coming into the year that he might be the best running back in the country. Um, now, he missed four total games, including the last two against Michigan and Georgia. So that helps explain those numbers and, uh, you know, what what he was able to do. And then we've got Evan Pryor, the fifth guy in, in this room, um, who we've really not seen much of at all. Um, he tore his ACL before the start of the season. So the guy that we heard would, would be able to have a role is, is kind of that back coming out of the backfield, um, really didn't get, didn't ever get started. I mean, we, we just heard positive things. He played four games as a freshman, um, two years ago and obviously no snaps last year. So disappointed for him, I think had, all three of those guys been healthy. There would have been a nice way to kind of rotate those three. I think Mayan could have been more of your power back. Travion was able to do kind of a little bit of everything, whereas Evan Pryor could sort of play, and they don't have this specific position anymore, but I, I picture him almost as a Curtis Samuel type of guy that you can move around. You saw some of that with Xavier Johnson at the end of last season. I also know that Jackson Smith and Jigbo is going to be a guy who could line up in the backfield some for Ohio State had he not gotten hurt. So it would have been interesting to see how that, that trio would have worked. Now let's flip it forward. It's hard to project what these five are going to look like come the fall, assuming everybody gets healthy and, and we expect them to. And expect. I expect all five to be back. I guess it's possible that you know one of the five could decide – look, I can have a better option 
elsewhere and, and decide to enter the transfer portal when it opens again in May, um, it's possible. I, I, I'm not expecting that, but nothing surprises me anymore when it comes to the transfer portal. So look, if you've got five running backs that all need carries or all want carries, I guess I should say, it's tough to keep everyone happy. And, and Tony Alfred said, you know, it's, it's, you know, basically somebody's got to win the job. And I think jobs is probably the more appropriate way. There's going to be multiple running backs. I think if Travion Henderson and mine Williams are healthy, there's no doubt that they are your top two for the Buckeyes. And I, I think that's a pretty darn good top two running backs to have. I think, again, I think you saw that. Cheers. I think you saw that a little bit early in last year, what that sort of looked like. And I think now you can build on that and hope that both guys stay healthy because when they're healthy, I think they're both really good. And I think they, they not only complement each other, but I think as teammates, they want each other to do well. And we heard about that early on last year. So, you know, it's not like there's, there's tension there when one guy gets on the field and the other guy doesn't. Um, you've got to then figure out what to do with these other guys. And, and Tony Alfred kind of talked about, you know, it'll, it'll depend situationally and whatnot, but there will also be times when Ohio State, you know, Buckeyes decide to go fast and are in hurry up. And, you know, one guy's just on the field and you know, there's not time to sub in those situations. So it, you, know, you could potentially have a, a situation where Evan Pryor, who's maybe more of your catch the ball out of the backfield guy, uh, becomes the guy who has to pass protect and has to carry the ball between the tackles because you're going fast. And in that case, Evan Pryor needs to be able to do everything that all those other guys can do, not just the, you know, the, the receptions and, and kind of the, the stuff to the outside. Uh, I just use Evan Pryor as an example there because that's kind of the role he's been labeled into. I do think he can do more than just that. So I will be interested to see how they, they break all of that down. If I had to guess right now, based on kind of things I've heard, what we've seen, um, what we know from the past, I can't imagine that this goes beyond really three running backs regularly getting snaps. Now, you look over the course of any season, there's going to be injuries, um, hopefully not nearly as bad as there were last season, but there will be injuries. There will be times when guys have to come out. So I think all these guys will, will have some sort of role. I can't see rotating five running backs in a game. That, that just seems like a lot. Um, but what I will say is I don't think Buckeye fans should be worried about the running back position in particular. Um, there just hasn't been a ton of talk about it because there hasn't been a lot to cover with only two guys this spring. I think as we get into fall camp, uh, we see some of these other guys get back and healthy. I think that becomes a bigger story, especially if you can find an offensive line that, that you're comfortable with. And with a first-time starting quarterback, the running back can be his best friend. Uh, if you have any questions, I'm going to transition here to, to tight ends. But if you have any questions you want me to answer towards the end of the show, revol revolving around the Buckeyes, you're watching this live, feel free to throw them in the chat there. I'll try to get to some of those. Um, if you have any comments about what we're talking about, I, uh, I'll also try and throw some of these up here. Got the Oracle that says, Mine Williams is three-star and is not good to great. Uh, if he was, he should have left this year. Well, he was hurt right now or last year. So I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, he was a three-star, but these guys develop. Um, you know, mine was, was pretty darn good last season when healthy. Um, so, you know, Mike Schaefer says, ideal playing time distribution. Henderson, 40%. Williams, 30%. Hayden, 20%. Prior passing downs, chip short yardage. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe they, you know, that that, that has some logic to it. I just don't know. I don't know if you need all five of those guys. I mean, Henderson can do a lot of the things that Hayden and Pryor can do. We've seen him catch the ball out of the backfield uh, previously. He, he didn't have a ton of catches last year, but as a freshman uh, two seasons ago, he was he was pretty good catching the ball out of the backfield. Not, you know, that's not his specialty, I would say, but I think he can do it. Um, I don't know if you just need to go that deep necessarily to, you know, just to keep guys happy. I think they have to earn that role. I think that's going to be the big thing. Um, okay. Let's transition into tight ends because while never a sexy position at Ohio state, well, rarely a sexy position at Ohio state, I should say um, there was a good amount of production from the tight ends 
last year at Ohio State. And Cade Stover in particular, he talked about how when we spoke with him this week coming into the season, uh, you know, he said, I was sitting here talking to you guys last fall camp, and I think the projections for me were pretty low, like eight catches, which for an Ohio State uh, tight end isn't that low, frankly. Uh, but Cade blew that number out of the water. 36 receptions, 406 yards, and five touchdowns. This is a guy who could have gone to the NFL probably. Um, I don't know where he would have been selected, but he decided to come back. He feels like he has something to prove. Now let's remember, Cade suffered that injury uh, in the in the uh, college football playoff semifinal. The, it was, yeah, I think it was the first quarter. He had a – it was a back issue. He realized, he said pretty quickly that he couldn't play anymore. Um, I think he said he fractured a, a small bone in his vertebrae, uh, which to me sounds really scary. He said it just gives him more confidence in what he does to play with kind of that reckless abandon. Um, you know, he made it through, and he's back. He was back for spring practice. So it's not going to dissuade him, uh, but I do think it was kind of a scary moment. Had to go to the hospital – after that. And I think he was a big loss to not have the rest of the game. I know we talk about not having Marvin Harrison Jr. in that fourth quarter, but Cade would have been another option for CJ Stroud, maybe on that last drive to get some more yards. Um, you know, I think just in general, having a, a veteran, another veteran guy out there when Marvin goes out, if Cade had been healthy and able to play, I think that's a guy you, you could have used if you're Ohio State in those situations. Other than Cade, um, not a ton in terms of the numbers. G. Scott Jr. had five catches for 28 yards and a touchdown. Mitch Rossi, two for 19 and a touchdown. Joe Royer, and we'll get to Joe Royer, two for 10. Um, all those guys, other than uh, Mitch Rossi, are back this year. And I think it's, it's Cade Stover's position, no doubt about that. But the Buckeyes have done well using two tight ends in the past, the recent past. Who is that second tight end that maybe emerges um, this spring? I think a lot of people expect it to be Joe Royer. I think maybe Joe Royer would have emerged more. And you know, this is a guy who, who's, who's interesting. I think he would have emerged more last year. If you followed this story, he had injury issues, but also his mother passed away during the season. So he, had, he was dealing with, with personal stuff that way. Um, and you know, obviously that took a toll on what he was able to do on the football field. That's a guy that we heard a lot of good things about prior to, um, last season, even during last season before kind of everything went awry and another off season under his belt. I expect him to, to be that number two tight end along with Cade Stover. Um, he's a guy who can catch the ball. He's a big guy put on weight. I think, you know, still, refining the blocking side of his game. Uh, but he seems to me to be that next in line at tight end. And then you've got, you know, okay, where's G Scott jr. in his kind of development, his transition from um, the, when he was a wide receiver to now, what, what part of the process is he in um, in terms of that? And we'll, we'll see. I, 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 for me, it's kind of a wait and see it type of situation with G Scott He's going to uh, he's going to have to show it. I, I we've seen some good things from him in practice. There was one play during uh, one of the scrimmages where he um, took a big hit on a, made a nice reception over the middle. Took a big hit, and you you thought maybe for a second, oh no, like is he down? Pops right back up, gave like that first down sign. You could tell that it wasn't comfortable, and that uh, you know he he he'd been knocked around a little bit on that hit, but. Good to see him pop back up. And, you know, I think he realizes that this is a big offseason for him to kind of prove himself in that room. Um, you've you've got a number of young guys who I think probably don't feature a ton this season. Um, it's, you know, they, they say this a lot about the tight end position. And, and when we talked to Keenan Bailey this week, he used this term a lot of it being a developmental position. And usually, as we've seen in the past, it's it takes a couple of years for guys to really evolve into the the player that they might be. You've got uh, be, beyond the the three that I mentioned: Bennett Christian, who's a sophomore; Sam Hart, who's a junior. Um, we we've seen a little bit of both of them, but not a ton. And then freshman Jelani Thurman is an interesting one 
maybe for this year, but certainly going forward, just based on his physical attributes. He's six foot six, so the biggest tight end on the roster. Already a freshman, 253 pounds. If you've seen Jelani Thurman, and he was at the Ohio, he was at Ohio State's practice ahead of the Peach Bowl game, uh, standing on the sidelines watching because he's from Georgia. If you've seen him, he just looks the part. He he looks like an NFL style tight end um, that you know, could be a difference maker for Ohio State. I don't know how quickly it happens. Um, there were a lot of questions for Keenan Bailey about Jelani Thurman, and, and he talked very positively about him in terms of like you know his the way he's handling things off the field, the meetings, learning the game at this level. Um, you know, he made the point, and I thought this was really interesting for Keenan Bailey. First of all, he's coached both wide receivers and offensive line as a GA at Ohio State. So he has experience in both. But as a player that comes in, you're playing tight end, you have to learn to be, and this is this is his example, Garrett Wilson, but you also have to learn to be Paris Johnson. You have to have the receiving side of it, but you also have the blocking side of it. And a lot of high school tight ends do one or the other. Um, you know, he, he made the point that Jelani Thurman's coach in high school, they, you know, why not line him up out wide and just throw fade routes to him? Because as I mentioned, he's six foot six, 253 pounds. It's a mismatch. You don't need him in there blocking. So now that he's at high, now that he's left high school as in college, he has to evolve into that role of being a, a true collegiate Ohio state tight end, um, I think that there's something special there. I just think that it will probably take some time. So if I'm kind of projecting with the tight end spot, um, I, I, it sounds to me in talking to Cade Stover, like he expects another big season, whether he gets 36 receptions again, I don't know. That was the most in quite a while for Ohio state. Um, I wouldn't put it past him though. Uh, This is a guy who's, you know, just over a year ago, was playing linebacker for the Buckeyes in the Rose Bowl and came back and put together a, a great year at tight end. I think it's big for the Buckeyes that he came back. You know, they were talking about having to find a transfer portal tight end. I think the fact that you've got a guy who's experienced in the program back for another season is important. I think he'll build on it. Whether whether the numbers show that he did better than 2021, maybe not. Buckeyes have a lot of weapons, a lot of mouths to feed, but He's a reliable guy. His blocking did fall off a little bit last year, um, but I think that uh, that had more to do with him dealing with some injuries than him not being a blocker. I think that's actually his his strong suit, and he's developed into a pass catcher. Um, and then how much are they in two tight end sets? It's you know, you, you, between Ryan Day, Brian Hartline, I would imagine that that is less than it has been in the past, depending on how much, say, Brian Hartline has. Um, you know, it, knowing Brian Hartline, I think he would like to keep as many receivers on the field as possible. But I do think the Buckeyes are going to do whatever's best for the offense. Um, you know, I, I think having a guy like uh, Julian Fleming, the wide receiver, who can do some of that blocking stuff makes it easier to not need to go to two tight ends at times. But I do think that that Joe Royer has um, a place in this offense this season. I am, I I like what he can offer. He's another big body, six, five, two fifty two. So not far off from Jelani Thurman. He's been in the program now for this is fourth season. So there's, there's a lot to like with him. We just, we just haven't given the, the situations we haven't seen a lot from a guy like that. Um, so if, if I'm projecting, those are the two guys that I think probably are on the field the most if everyone stays healthy, Cade Stover and, and Joe Royer. I think G. Scott probably has a role as well. Look, he's a weapon. He, he, you know, he was a five-star wide receiver for a reason. It's just been the adjustment to, to tight end. And from everything we've heard, there's been an acceptance of Look, this was going to take time for a guy like that to, to make that move over to tight end, both physically and then understanding the position and, uh, you know, the, the, the adjustment that comes with that. Uh, Mike Schaefer asked, will they change the offense to feature tight end split out if Thur- Thurman uh, is like Kyle Pitts? 
I don't know. I mean, so here's the thing. When you look at that Florida team that had Kyle Pitts or even in the NFL with, um, with, you know, teams that have used tight ends like that, how many of them have the wide receiver room that, uh, that Ohio state has? I mean, if you're going to split out a tight end, you know, you, you're, you could have another wide receiver in that role. Right. Um, if you, you know, so who are you taking off the field or who are you not bringing onto the field? Uh, again, I think that Jelani Thurman is still a, a ways away despite his physical ability. Um, but, and, and by ways away, I don't mean, you know, two, three years. I mean, maybe just not this year. So look, I think Ryan day, every off season looks at what they have. I know Ryan day looks at what they have and says, okay, how can we best maximize this group? And I think if you get to a point where, a tight end, be it Jelani or, or anyone, is one of the top three or four weapons that you can use on the field, then yeah, I think they, they change the offense. I just don't know how likely that is to happen. Um, now, if he, Jelani, evolves into what they think he can, yes, I think they will certainly you feature him more than they have the tight ends of the past because he's just different and he can he can do some different things that doesn't necessarily mean that they will change the offense because I, you know, I think the offense, it hasn't been the issue for Ohio state, right? Throwing the ball, catching the ball hasn't been a problem, but yes, yeah, so a player like that, I certainly think the Buckeyes will use him um, once he's ready to be on the field and be able to do everything he needs to do when, uh, you know, when, when that time comes. Um, I want to look, at some of the guys, and if there are players you're interested in, please throw them in the comment section if you're watching this live. Some of the players who have been hyped up this spring that maybe you haven't seen a ton of um, and kind of decide whether or not this, this hype is real. We've seen a lot of guys in the past in spring practice that the buzz is great and maybe they have a really big spring game and, and they had some good practices that people saw. And then you just never hear from them again, or they, you know, they just don't, for whatever reason, materialize on Saturdays in the fall. And uh, I think there's been less of that recently, but you still see it from time to time. Uh, the first guy I want to talk about, and if you read the boarding house on Bucknuts today, you saw something about this. And this is what got me thinking when I read that the wide receiver, freshman wide receiver, uh, Carnell Tate and, Carnell Tate, two weekends ago, and I wrote about him uh, just a few days ago, Carnell Tate had his black stripe removed. He was the first freshman, the only freshman thus far to have his black stripe removed. And I believe that's the earliest a freshman has had a black stripe removed since they've been doing that at Ohio State. Not all freshmen enroll early, obviously. And uh, it's been, it's been a, uh, you know, a more popular thing to enroll early and, and be there for spring ball. So, but it tells you something about what, what Carnell Tate's doing. And then last weekend, student appreciation day, he's running with the ones he's, he had some, re he had some really nice catches. Um, look, this was a kid who's a five-star wide receiver, one of the top receivers in the country. So it's no surprise that he's coming in and doing well. Brian Hartline talked about how he's handling this stuff off the field. But the point of that boarding house item was, maybe to slow the roll a little bit on or to slow the hype train on Carnell Tate, just because of what's in front of him on the depth chart, you know, where does Carnell Tate fit in this, in this group of wide receivers? I mean, you know, the three returning starters, you have Marvin Harrison jr. You have a Mecca Buka and you have Julian Fleming and you've got Xavier Johnson. That's in that mix. Jaden Ballard's a guy who's, who's started to show that he can do some things this spring. And, and he's a guy who's been in the program for a few years. Um, you have the entire second year class um, of wide receivers who we didn't really see much of last season. The guys like, uh, you know, Caleb Brown, um, Keon Grays, uh, Caleb Burton, Kojo Antwi, like where, you know, where do they fit? Now, maybe if you are Carnell Tate and you've had a great spring and you carry that over into the fall camp, you know, maybe you jump those guys but how many reps? And that was kind of the point of the boarding house. Um, I am interested to see if, uh, you know, if, if he can jump ahead of some of those guys and work his way into 
maybe not a guy who gets on the field regularly in, in crucial situations, but a guy who can be trusted if needed to step into a game and, you know, get some of those reps late in games when Ohio State's got things under control. I mean, if you think back to some of the freshmen that have played their first year, um, I think that it's often, and I'm talking wide receivers specifically, it's often been later in the season. There's kind of been that that push towards the end. It happened with Garrett Wilson, happened with, um, obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. due to the injuries, uh, that Rose Bowl game, or the guy sitting out, I should say, not injuries. So you, you've seen it later in the year as they've like kind of taken their time. And don't forget, when we're talking Carnell Tate, there's two other wide receivers in that class that are pretty talented, Noah Rogers, Bryson Rogers, that are already on campus. And then you've got Brandon Innes coming in at the beginning of the summer. He did not enroll early. He was the he is the number one wide receiver recruit from from that the class. So you know it's the competition is only going to get more difficult when Brandon arrives on campus, and he is very talented as well. Um, so I think that there you know I'm not ready to from what we've seen from Carnell Tate. I think there's definitely a path here for some playing time as a freshman. Um, you know the, the hype of the last couple of weekends maybe has has driven that a, a little too far. But uh, I do think that uh, I do think he can find his way possibly into a role. Now, Brian Hartley has been very clear this offseason that he is not going to just take a guy out and put a guy in just to play him. And I think the, the example he keeps using is I'm not going to take the left tackle off the field just to put another guy in. You've got to be able to do everything that the player that's coming off the field can do at the same level. So Carnell Tate has to get to level of a Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Buka, Julian Fleming, if he is going to play meaningful snaps as a freshman. But I do think that's a guy that Buckeye fans should be pretty excited about because he's looked special. I'm not going to lie to you. What we've seen ha- has been pretty impressive. Um, another guy that's received uh, a lot of buzz, and rightfully so, this spring, Sonny Styles. The, the hype train on him, I think, is very legitimate. Um, I think he deserves to be on the field for the Buckeye defense this coming fall. I think it's just a question of what role does he fit in? I touched on this a little bit last week, uh, but when right now he's playing in that bandit position, that um, that boundary safety spot behind Lathan Ransom and Perry Eliano, the safeties coach, said, you know, they want him, they don't want him working in a bunch of different spots right now because they want him to focus and, and get good at, at something, get good at a position. So if he's playing behind Lathan Ransom, and this is only spring, so things can change, does he does he pass Lathan Ransom, a guy who played pretty well last season and you know was coming off a broken leg and is probably going to be better this year? I don't know. If he doesn't. Can you move him to the, the the adjuster position where Josh Proctor is is repping with the ones? Is that a spot? To me, I don't know. Depending on how you use him, I don't know if having him just sit back there and play free safety utilizes his entire skill set, and maybe you're sort of wasting that a little bit. Um, I don't see him in the nickelback spot. So I, I'm just interested to see where he is, and I – I don't know. I don't think the hype train is is pulling out the station too early for Sonny Styles because I think the hype is very real in terms of what the kid can do athletically, and I think he's growing. We've talked to him about that, but kind of the the where does it fit, what role is he in type of situation is is a question that I think still needs answered, and and can he work his way into a starting role? He's a guy to me that. Look, he reclassified to the um, 2022 class to be on campus last year instead of coming in this season. To me, that that's a let's start the clock towards the NFL, right? And so I think it would be a shame if the Buckeyes, if you only really got one year of Sonny Styles, that being the 2024 season, and then he heads off to the NFL. I just think, you know, I, I believe the coaches when they say they're going to play the best guys. But I also have seen in the past, and it's not just at Ohio State, that, that veterans tend to get the, the first shot at least. So where does a guy like Sonny Styles fit into this defense? And I think this is a question we're going to be talking about 
well into fall camp, um, really until we see it and you know know for sure what position he's in. Now maybe there's some more rotation uh, with that position, with those positions, the safety positions. Maybe they get him on the field doing um, you know a bit more. Um, you know, as instead of just three safeties, maybe you, you go four or five and you rotate a little bit more. I don't think Jim Knowles wants to do that, but I, I, uh, you know, I don't know. I think Sonny Styles is too good to not have on the field. Um, going back, I mentioned Jaden Ballard earlier. He's a guy who's received some hype. Um, I went back and looked at Jaden Ballard because he talked about not wanting to be just the deep threat guy. And last year, he didn't really have those deep threat Devin Smith type catches. Um, his big touchdown catch, uh, I think it was from Kyle McCord. I don't remember which game it was in, but it wasn't like it was a bomb down the sidelines. I mean, he it was probably, I'd have to look back, but probably 15, 20 yards in the air. He took it the, the rest of the way because he's fast, really fast. So um, I'm interested to see how he gets used. Cheers. Um, I saw somebody asking what we're drinking today. I said it at the beginning. Mick Ultra. It's what we had in the fridge. Not my favorite, but I haven't had, I haven't had time to get beer recently. But it does the job. Um, back to Jaden Ballard. Yeah, I'm interested. He's a guy who he needs to be able to do more. Um, you know, there's there's been some issues with his hands. I think that he he just has to kind of put it all together and. Unfortunately, in this wide receiver room with the way Ryan or Brian Hartline's recruited, they uh, – this is funny, real quick. Uh, JVM1341 asked if I'm on a diet. I'm not on a diet. Uh, the Mick Ultra, I believe, got left here by people one time when we had people over. But uh, no. But Steve Hellwagon, big Mitch, Mick Ultra guy. So if you see him on the BM5 or on the message boards, you can ask him about, about the Mick Ultras. Um, back to Jaden Ballard. I do think that he, um, he just has to, he has to develop into something, something like a Marvin, you know, if you're going to play again, same with all these other wide receivers, you got to be able to do what, what these stars on this team do. And, you know, it's, I'm a little concerned that maybe it's starting to pass him by. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he, uh, maybe he takes a step this year, but it's just hard. I think if you're a Buckeye receiver right now, you got to be patient. And I think most of these guys are, um, but you know, what, what role can he play for, for this team? I, I honestly don't know. Um, and then I want to touch on one more guy on the other side of the ball. I don't know if this is really a, a hype thing, but uh, I think I thought it was important. Uh, Denzel Burke. And we touched on him a little bit last week, but I think that he may be one of the, there's a couple guys that I think are going to be really crucial for this defense to now take a next step under Jim Knowles. I think that one of these defensive ends has to be a Chase Young, Nick Joey Bosa type of breakout season. Um, I think either that JT to either that's JT Tumalau or Jack Sawyer back at the defensive end position. But I think Denzel Burke at corner, if he can get back to kind of that level that he was at when he was a freshman playing at an all-american type level um i think you'll see him start to excel i think this defense will be significantly improved that you know if you can shut down one side of the field with one of these cornerbacks um i think you're in a really good spot and that's something the buckeyes weren't able to do last year some of that had to do with denzel burke being injured some of it had to do, I think, with with just kind of some stuff he was dealing with. I think you saw at moments that he can be that top level corner that we saw. Um, you know, if you if if he can be the lockdown corner that the Buckeyes have had in the past, the secondary can take a jump. And then I think you know whoever's the other corner, whoever's the other whatever, um, you've got the you've got the right kind of ingredients there. So. Um, I think Denzel Burke is a guy who, while not a lot of hype surrounding him right now coming off the year, I think he's a guy that has to take that next step, become that next, you know, potentially first round draft pick for the Buckeyes. Um, and I think he's got some help. I think a healthy Jordan Hancock really helps things out. I think the fact that you brought in Davison Igbenosan helps him out. It's not going to be all on 
um, Denzel Burke, and then how do some of the younger guys develop? But I think that, and I'll probably talk about the, the secondary on nearly every Ooh. podcast between now and the beginning of the season, because it's going to be crucial. We obviously saw that last year, uh, but I think Denzel Burke is going to be a big part of that. And, you know, he will help decide where this, where this, uh, where this defense goes. Uh, you can probably hear my dog barking in the background. Apologize for that. She's been trapped inside all day because they're working on our backyard. So uh, she just wants to go outside. She's just, she's just sad. She probably has to go to the bathroom. But, uh, or she's upset about the Nick Ultra, as, uh, as we had in the comments, which, look, I'm, I'm just doing what I can here, all right? Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's really what I wanted to hit on today. Uh, another, oh, she's really, she's really getting into it. She just wanted to be on the happy hour. Uh, we had Dave's dog on last week, so she just wanted to make her appearance. We're going to wrap it up here. Um, another good episode of the happy hour. We covered a lot of stuff here today, actually more than I expected. Um, a number of, of topics on the offensive side with the running backs, the tight ends, and then uh, hit on some hit on some hype train guys. So uh, I appreciate everyone who turned in, tuned in, excuse me, for this episode of the Bucknuts Happy Hour. We should be back next week for a pre-spring game Bucknuts Happy Hour. We're, we're getting to the end of it. Um, you know, it's the spring practice has gone by very quickly. But anyway, Buckeye fans, thank you for uh, tuning in, whether you watch this live or you listen to it after the fact. Like, subscribe on our YouTube page. We've got a ton of videos up there from interviews and whatnot, and obviously this goes out on there. And um, if wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe to the podcast. All that stuff really helps us. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, there will be plenty more in this last week of spring upcoming. Stay tuned to Bucknuts 247 Sports. I'm Patrick Murphy. and. Uh, Cheers, Buckeye fans. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.